0: Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Ben Robinson, and as director of CM Industrial, I lead a division of industrial recruitment specialists whilst also personally partnering with mining and minerals companies on search projects. In this episode of CM Conversation, I talk to Nick Hare, the president of Hexagon's mining division. Hexagon is a global leader in sensor, software, and autonomous solutions. They are putting data to work to boost efficiency, productivity, and quality across industrial manufacturing Infrastructure, safety, and mobility applications. Hexagon's mining division is helping to connect all parts of a mine with technologies that make sense of data in real time. In my conversation with Nick, we discussed the future of mining, data engineering, business integrations, and what makes a good leader. So here it is. I hope you enjoy listening to our discussion. Hi, Nick. So thanks for joining me on CM Conversations. Um, to start things off, What would be great is if you could introduce yourself in um, Hexagon Mining. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the
1: opportunity to be here. My name is Nick Hare. I'm president of Hexagon's mining division. Uh, Hexagon, we're based in Sweden. We're a global leader in sensor software and autonomous solutions. And our goal is to bring industry-focused solutions to the mining industry. And so that's what I'm excited to talk to you about here today.
0: Okay, so the mining industry as a whole, um, I guess, traditionally has always been seen is a bit old fashioned, but that's not really the case anymore, is it? How have you seen the industry develop over the last five years?
1: It, it's shocking. And I think the rate of technology adoption in mining is going faster than ever. And I think it's on that exponential curve. So if you talk about 20, 30 years ago, sure, it was on that perception, but mining was one of the first to bring autonomous solutions to a heavy industry. And that was almost 20 years ago. But what you're seeing today and over the last five years is that it's no longer a cutting edge, bleeding edge solution. It's the expectation in mining is that we're driving to towards autonomous solutions. And that, and that doesn't just mean that haul trucks and moving things around, that means autonomy and data and decisions and putting that information to work to create more value in the value chain. And mining is, you see it across the board, the top groups in the world, every region going faster than ever.
0: Is that why it's so important then, is it? Um... I guess every every company now is focused on it. It's almost a race for the latest technology.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with doing better for the world and sustainability, which is we need to be more efficient and effective with the resources that we have. And mining is critical to all industries of the world. The entire economy is based on mining. But to extract resources from the ground keeps getting harder and harder. And We need to do that in a sustainable way. And so the old methods will no longer continue to work and we need to continue to put new innovation to make it a sustainable industry. And you see that as the top priority of the top mining groups across the board.
0: So where does Hexagon then fit into that in industry 4.0?
1: So Hexagon is an enabler of autonomous solutions. And so we provide sensors, software, and autonomy. And we are the ones that are the backbone of that drive going forward. And Hexagon is a much broader company. We serve all industries in, in ways that you'd never know. Um, with our technology, which is enabling this jump to the future. And so from a mining perspective, when we were created in 2015, our vision and mission was to be a complete solution provider for the life of a mine. So from the mine plan, to the mine operations, to mine design, to mine protection, to enterprise layers, and having it to be a one-stop shop to where instead of having 10 platforms to do individual things, you have one solution provider that
0: can help you achieve those goals. Right. I mean... Mining can sometimes, uh, and I guess some of the big open pits mines in Africa or Chile, you know, you're in quite remote locations. How is that impacting the industry 4.0? Does that make it more important or more difficult?
1: Yeah, so I think prior to COVID and the pandemic, our strategy was really to be local to our customers and close to our customers. And so we have 30 offices in all of the major mining markets of the world and really be near and dear. But then COVID forced us to change that and so it's you know it used to be we'd send a technician to the site to do an implementation but you can't do that because of travel restrictions or things that are occurring and so um, we've been adopting other industry technologies which is can we use um, virtual reality and tell um, video into a site and so what you might have is a, a hexagon expert 2000 kilometers away working on an iPad side-by-side with someone local at the mine to do that deployment and coaching them through that and everything from using Google Glasses to FaceTime to whatever gets it done. And I think that's changed how we work. And then going forward, I think COVID's taught us all something, which is there's new ways we could do things better and go faster, right? And so we don't have to go back to the old models. I think we can support our customers even more by using technology to continue to advance.
0: Yeah, it's quite quite incredible, I guess, the impact COVID has had. I mean, do you think that it's a change that will last?
1: I do. I, I think it is. I, I think it's already been long enough, right? When COVID started, we were like, is this going to be three months, six months? Here we are a year later, and we're looking down the face of 2021, that we're going to live in something similar to the current world today. Um, we've all adopted, we've all changed, right? The first three to six months were really hard, and we had to learn how to work together in a remote world. But I think it's the new normal now. And so um, it's forced us to be more efficient and effective as a solution provider. And I think what, what we miss the most is we do want to get face-to-face with our customers. We miss seeing them. We miss those relationships. We miss the, the time being working together. Um, but you know what, like I think everyone in the world and every industry has learned to adopt and work around that. So I, I think you, you've got some version of this going forward. Yeah.
0: Okay, brilliant. Where, where do you see the industry heading then? What do you see as the next big big step? I think it, so as I mentioned,
1: sustainability, and I think that's going to be on the top of everyone's mind. You've already heard about autonomous solutions in the autonomous space, which is again, moving haul trucks around. But to me, it's the step beyond autonomous is autonomy. And that's where you have data making decisions and having that from all work, all touch points of the mining workflow. And so that's where we're really trying to put our self differentiated a step ahead, which is we have solutions across every step of the mining process. And we're capturing that data in real time with edge devices. We're bringing it together and using machine learning and pulling that into a consumable way that can help our customers make those decisions. But taking a step further, you can even advise and predict and tell where you should go. And so how do you get the optimum yield and uh, reduce dilution within the mining process that's really where we're focused on the optimization aspects of it
0: so do we have do you have things in place already where it's data making it taking actions or is that still the next step
1: i think the best example would be you can take our planning solutions so you plan what you should do you schedule activities and then you take our operation solutions which is you act those activities um, and the reconciliation, which you're trying to do is plan versus actual is what you do in any industry. And so we have that feedback loop continuously improving the plan itself. And so as you have variances and what you expected to occur, we're feeding that back um, through real time systems to continue to improve the mind plan. And if you improve the plan, then again, you're more efficient and effective with the resources that you have. And so that's I think that's the immediate example today.
0: So what kind of challenges do you envisage stopping you from achieving those those goals or the biggest challenge to overcome
1: yeah i think this is where we're partnering you with is let's let's focus on the future of talent how do we bring talent into this industry which you know has a perception as you said in the beginning of being older but what's so exciting to me is how cutting edge it is and so what we need to do is really build it bottom up from the universities and having an organic talent pipeline that's not only for us as vendors, but for those working at the mines, um, having really smart people that are excited and passionate about making this industry great.
0: Definitely. I mean, that's a really good subject then. So that, can we move on to that? Um, I guess the challenge at the moment is the the hiring of, or the perception of mining engineering versus data engineering. Right. So the, the data engineering um, candidates, students, graduates, all of a sudden, you could be competing against companies like Google and Facebook and trying to attract those real um, high flyers. And the perception of the industry of mining is that it's really old-fashioned compared to Google, where it's seen as very, very modern, and if not one of the most modern companies. How do we as an industry overcome that perception? So I think it,
1: again, it goes back to the universities and we, we partner with the top universities in every region of the world that, that focus specifically on the mining industry. And we have two or three of the best universities in the world here, um, not far in the United States and great universities in every country that we operate in. And so what we see from the deans and head of schools is that they're bringing that technology curriculum into the mining engineering program. And so it's no longer just about learning the mining process and the mining application, the things, the technology is becoming a core competency and it's not even necessarily a field, it's a skill set that we all should have. And so whether it's a basic understanding or you wanna be an extreme data scientist, you're seeing those come in. And so what you have is you already have schools that have people that are passionate about the industry and wanna go down that path. And then we're bringing in the best of other industries from a talent perspective with those learnings and you're seeing the curriculum change every year and it's, it's becoming better and better. And so, um, again, we're partnering with those to say, what do we see from a technology side and how can we help you? And we, we provide our solutions for training, for demos, for things to, to use, um, and then go get real world hands-on experience, whether that again, is at the mine or working with us as a vendor in an internship. And I, th- I think that's where it comes from. Um, you know, the Googles and all of that, that, that it's a massive market, but I think what you're going to find is people see, is a really challenging and exciting industry and one that they're they're passionate about until we bring in those skill sets to them
0: i completely agree with that point about the um the challenging but very exciting industry and um, does that potentially leave then a a bit of a, a generational gap where we're now getting through the data engineers but whereas say 15 20 years ago they weren't necessarily joining the mining industry have you found when You know, you're trying to bring people into the team that we have to look outside the industry.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so I think you can bring in from any variety of industries, whether it's other heavy industries like construction, building, agriculture, oil and gas. I think there's other industries that have a lot of the same similarities and challenges. And so people that understand that industrial application. But. Um, To be honest with you, data is data. And you you made that point, which is you don't necessarily need to have that. So what you can take is you can bring those really smart technology people um, with a computer science background, and you can teach them the mining aspects of it. And so um, one program we put in place in Hexagon, which is, um, you know, we're based in Tucson, Arizona. It's not an extremely large market for our mining division, but there's some great universities and people. And so We created uh, Mining 4E with the University of Arizona. And so what it is, is it's um, Mining 101, basically seven week course, teach mining to people from outside the industry so that they at least understand the pain points, the challenges of our customers and what they're trying to solve. They know what the processes are, they know what the workflows are, they understand the right language. They'll never be at the level of a mining engineer But they get enough to deliver the use case and so they bring those great skill sets from outside the industry and then we teach them up the same way that we teach mining folks technology so either direction works well.
0: Definitely, I guess that brings on to the soft skills, I mean what what do you look for when you're trying to pick your future leaders.
1: I'm, I really believe in Hexagon's core values, and there's just a couple that I would highlight, which is we are entrepreneurial, and so we look for people who really take ownership. You're given a lot of freedom and responsibility, but you're expected to deliver results, and you're expected to deliver results for our customers. You're expected to deliver results for the company and for our employees, um, people that are innovative, so come up with new ideas, challenge the process. Um, we're very much not a strict process-oriented company. We look more towards how can you deliver performance? And so um, we like those that come in and kind of shake things up. And those that bring a customer focus in everything we do, 100%, right? So if we're not helping our customers achieve their goals, there's no point in what we're doing because we won't be successful. Um, And then the last one I would just say is uh, professional people that treat each other with respect. We work in a very diverse world. We work in Every country of the world, almost, and so different cultures, different genders, different religions, and I think we treat each other as equals. We treat each other as peers, and we want people that are going to be part of that team and buy into that culture. And so I think our CEO set the core values right, and we're just here to deliver and live them.
0: I mean, going back to what we we're talking about just before, so with people joining the industry, I guess point in case to yourself. um So you were accounting and finance background prior to Hexagon Europe. Deloitte, is that right? And then how did you find that transition?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my background, management consulting, primarily focused in business transformation. And so how do you put companies together and get the best of both of them? Did a lot of work in enterprise digital projects. So things from like SAP, Salesforce, things like that. um, And really focused around corporate development aspects. And so what I mean by that is um, I, I was brought to join... In 2016, Hexagon had acquired the original four companies that founded it, and we're now up to 10 in the mining division. Um, And they wanted to say, we we don't want to have a kind of a holding company approach, right? Like, we don't want each of these to run in parallel. We want to have an industry go-to-market leading technology provider. How do you put these four companies together and build on that? Um, that's everything from scaling up new offices in the world to our back office, um, to integrating to a common marketing brand message, all of that. And so that, that's what my background is. That's what my skill set is. And that's what I was brought on for um, initially. And then I evolved from CFO to our COO and, and now I'm our president. And so again, I think we've we've done all the, the back office integration. We're focused on the technology integration, major announcements to look forward to at Mine Expo this year. Um, and my goal is really just to make our CEO's vision a reality and, again, deliver for our customers. And so it's definitely been a transition over the last five years or so, but couldn't be more excited and energized by what we're working on today.
0: What, what was it that attracted you to Hexagon in the first place?
1: I think, you know, I hadn't even heard of Hexagon. It's like, it's this big company you've never heard of that's involved in everything we do. And once I did some research on it, it's like the solutions we have in sensors and software are incredible and they're, they're, they're touching everything and on that bleeding edge. And so um, I, I like that it was industrial technology. I think that's really more my interest in the space that I wanna work in. And then I, I like that we take an industry focus. I think um, if you wanna know your customers, industry is a culture, industry is a language. like Businesses are fundamentally the same. We all need to grow. We all need to respect costs. We all need to treat our people right. But you need to understand the industry point of view. And so Hexagon brought that, and I think that focus aligned with me. And then I think, again, back to the core values and opportunity to be entrepreneurial and build a company and deliver something great for the market,
0: that, that's what brought me over. That's amazing. Um, when you joined Hexagon, did you have a preconceived perception of mining and what, you've, I guess you're, what you thought it was like, or was it an industry that you'd been dealing with before? I
1: probably had the perception similar to what you led off with is like thinking it's older and things like that. And I think even when I joined five years ago, we were early in this exponential curve that I was talking about, but it's been incredible, the adoption. I think um, an example would be our safety solutions. So uh, by far the market leader in collision avoidance, operator awareness, vehicle intervention. And so um, just like sustainability is the hot topic today for tomorrow. Three to five years ago, people were talking about safety, which is we need to protect our people. It's like we, it's not acceptable to have an unsafe environment. And so Hexagon got ahead of the curve there. And, um, you know, it, it makes me really proud that we're saving lives on a, a daily basis. And so um, my perception changes on a daily basis. But again, I think this industry does nothing short of impress me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And um, so when it comes to your coaching style, then. Um, how would you describe yourself as a leader? Yeah, absolutely. I think my team would describe
1: me as very informal, very accessible, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of let's have a bunch of meetings and present to one another. I'm a bigger fan of shoot me a WhatsApp message and let's have a two minute chat. Um, I think I learned by working with leaders that had really good experience and better experience that you can only get over time. And they put, they brought that into me, on just a daily basis. The way we work together, right? Like, let me show you. Oh, like how how do you deliver this project for this client? And I'll I'll do it with you, and let's go side by side. And next time you're gonna be able to do it on your own. And I think that's really where I am. I prefer to be in the trenches on a daily basis. I think prior to COVID, um, traveling 350,000 miles a year, solve mm-hmm. 50 plus customers, and I can't wait to get back to that. Like I. I just prefer to be out there. And then I think working with our employees and like what makes me proud is helping our employees advance in their career and seeing where they go. And whether that's with Hexagon or not, like just seeing people mature in their career, that's really satisfying to me from a leadership perspective.
0: Yeah, I think that your team must really appreciate that. Um, and what, what do you see then as say the three key things you need to be a good leader?
1: I think probably what we've all learned over the last year, which is you need to be flexible, adaptable, and you need to be decisive. And so like you can't have a plan and you think you're gonna stay on that course. Like you have to be willing to change, but when you're working in a crisis changing environment where no one knows the answer, you're gonna have to make a decision and you need to make a decision fast because I think ambiguity is the worst thing for a company, unknowns and where you're gonna go. And the challenge as a leader is you're going to have to make the decisions that no one else wants to make. So your options are bad and bad. Which one do you want to go to? And you go through that, right? And you're going to take that burden on you and you're going to set the course for everyone else. And I think, um, you know, COVID sharpened me as a leader, just as it did to anyone in these positions in any industry. And I think came out stronger, um, you know, really challenging thing for the world. And we've all learned a lot. So I think it's, it's been a learning experience.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think um, whichever industry the people who listen to this work in, I think the last year was undoubtedly a challenge, but the amount that people will have learned, the way it stripped people back and brought them to sort of their, um, you know, laid them out there, I think was a, quite an interesting journey for everyone to go on. Um, over the next three to five years then, um, the industry that, where the industry is going, you know, where mine, mining is moving to, what are the soft skills that students, people moving into the industry should be looking to develop?
1: I think, um, you know, just directly related to the industry, I think it's, you need the critical thinking and problem solving skills. And that's what's great about an engineering degree or some of the business degrees, some of the computer science degrees, but it doesn't matter what you're working in, right? Like you need the ability to understand the challenge at hand and deliver solutions that get you there. And then I think you take it a step farther in the basics of project management, which is um, I'm gonna deliver on time always with what I said. And so how do you do that? And it's, well, let's have a scope, clearly defined deliverables, resources. And these are things that you learn over time. Um, I think within that, then you need really strong people skills and in interpersonal skills, communication skills. You can be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't have eq to read the room then you're not going to have any effectiveness and so you need the ability to pull each other together um you need the what what i always tell our team which is you need to be able to get the buy-in from your customers they need to trust you the people that work with them for you they need to want to work with you and the bosses above you need to be willing to invest in you and if you can get those three things right then you're going to be successful and so um you know, the soft skills are a progression over time, like you can't be taught them. You just have to learn and live them and it, you get better every year, but you need to find a good mentor and people that can help you sharpen those up and, and give you feedback, which I've had plenty of those in my career and happy to do it for others.
0: That's really well put. Um, so when it comes to the, say the next three years, for you personally, whether it's hexagon related, mining related, people related, what's the standout thing that excites you the most?
1: I think for me, it's our technology. So this is the year of convergence, right? And so I told you um, we came together in 2015. We we've, we've built the buildings, we built the team, we've done the back office, we've got one common brand and face to the customers, but the piece that takes the longest and the hardest is the technology. And so again, coming from 10 different companies with 200 plus years of history, bringing that all onto one. And what I can tell you, it's one onboard platform, one set of sensors, one infield application to configure our tools, one cloud layer to um, bring it all together and really deliver what we're talking about in the sense of autonomy with assisted and smart decision-making and and taking it to the next level. And so um, we're at the point this year where it's becoming a reality and we're able to deliver that and we have tangible examples, but by the end of this year, we're 80, 90% 80, 90% complete and going to deliver on the promise that we set to our customers So that's what's exciting
0: to me. Okay. How, I mean, is there anything stopping you? Well, I say, what would stop Hexagon having the end to end solutions on every mind site in the world? Nothing. <laughs> that's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, your background, obviously, you mentioned is in business integration. And this podcast isn't necessarily about business integration, but as an expert in the subject, what were the key points on that when you joined Hexagon that you, you needed to implement?
1: Yeah, so I think you look at everything, and so management consulting, they, they teach you, it's, it's pretty basic. It's people, process, technology, and then some sort of governance or strategy, right? So um, you can mess around with operating models of company, which means your organization structure, and you can change that a 100 times over. And I'll tell you, there's no such thing as leading practice. There's just the one that works for the point in time of the company that you're at, and it needs to continuously evolve. Um, Process, on the other hand, there is leading practice. And so you can look at other industries and you can bring that in. Um, And that's what I did, which is, you know, I have the playbook from experience of this is how you run a company. This is how you put them together. Uh, Here are the enabling technologies you need to do that. And this is what good looks like, which is a simple, user experience. And so what we try to deliver for our customers, we try to deliver for our employees as well, which is you want ease of use, you want them to work in their daily life and their um, make their workflows in life easier, right? And so we want to spend the most time on value-add activities and the least time on administrative and overhead activities. And so if you look at those and then you just set a strategy and a course and you say, like, for us, it was simple, which was like we said we're going to take a customer focus. So you, and that's again, you'll hear any leader um, in any industry say that it's not innovative; it's just the right thing to do. Which is, um, you need to deliver on what you promise your customers. That's step one. And so, um, strategy again, people, you know, think you can have a job in strategy, but strategy is five percent of it. It's the ability to deliver and execute it. That's a hundred times harder. And so, doing that on a daily basis. Um, those things and so you know it might sound complicated putting businesses together and all that but at the end of the day it just comes down to really basic fundamentals and keeping it simple for everybody.
0: I mean so many of the largest mining suppliers, solution providers, they've all grown to where they are now through is integrations of neighboring products that expand their offering Um, but it would then be a lie to say they're all successful. Um, What are the biggest pitfalls with integrating a new product or in a new business change change is always the hardest
1: thing right you have the past way of doing anything and you have the future way of doing it and as a leader you need a, you need to have a pulse on the organization which is you can rip and replace immediately and go fast and hard and you might break a lot of things on the way you can take a lower and slower approach um you need to understand the team that you have right like are they ready for change and they're willing to adopt change If they're not, then you need to do more change management which is training, which is explaining the value proposition which is really getting their buy-in. And we do a lot of that with a lot of the safety solutions that we implement for our customers which is understanding that we're here to help you and save your life and this is how it works for you. Um, No different internally, if you wanna go through that. And so I think um, by far the hardest thing is change and the biggest pitfall is if you don't manage it correctly. But, and that's where most companies fail, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. yeah. How, how do you assess that pre-integration, though, to know from the out, from the outset that this is going to work rather than finding out too late?
1: You can't, to be honest with you. You can try. I think you come in, you take a look, you do your assessment, you do your due diligence, you get a feel for where it is and you think you have a general idea. But this goes back to those leadership qualities that we are talking about. You need to be flexible. You need to be adaptable. Just because I set a roadmap and a plan for the company as a leader, if it's not working and it's not going to work, then we need to pivot quickly. And I think that, again, goes back to being decisive. And so um, what you find is, you know, in the beginning, you want a couple people that buy into your message, and then it kind of gets that crowdsourcing where those couple people bring a few more, they bring on a few more, and all of a sudden you have a culture to where everyone's bought into it and new people that come in bring new ideas, but they're aligned to the culture and everyone's still driving towards that common mission. But um, the other thing I tell you is it's just time. It took five years to get to this point. There's some things you just can't do faster and you wanna do faster, but um, it's progress. You need to be happy with incremental gains, incremental change, go from version 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 and continuous improvement um, and celebrate your successes on the way.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, how how have you been able to keep the culture of success, customer focus over the last year? Has it been a challenge or has it been manageable?
1: I think because we had such good momentum coming into COVID and we had the right team at the right time. Like if I was trying to do this year one in COVID, but we're in year five in COVID. So um, for us, it was business as usual our teams are used to working remotely. They're either on an airplane or traveling in a conference room. You know, I've sat in a parking lot and taken conference calls uh, so many different times and things like that. And so um, for us, it it could have been hard, but fortunately we were mature enough to handle it pretty well. Um, I will say our teams just miss being together. I think, uh, you know, have a meal together, have a coffee together, and um, really brainstorm in person. So I think we're all itching and excited to get back to that. And again, we want to go see our customers on site and see what we're delivering in real time working. Um, but, you know, same as anyone, we, we just need to be flexible and adapt to change as it comes.
0: I mean, is it, I find it so interesting that as a business that focuses on um, the automation of um, the technology and bringing data in has such a human approach to business internally and externally. Um, You mentioned a few times as we've spoken about the importance of being with the customers, being on site. And I find that's quite an interesting uh, juxtaposition.
1: Yeah, I I think the human element comes in from that safety and sustainability aspects, which is like when you realize that people are going to work on a daily basis and they're putting their lives at risk and they have families and that, that touches you and you know that you can make it better. And then you think about the impact on the world that we have. And if we can do anything to improve that for everyone and in all industries, then it makes a human element. And so what's great about mining being a niche industry is that collective belief is ingrained in everybody. So it doesn't matter what company you're talking to, everyone at this day and age in 2021, all believe into that mission and vision of, you know, let's make the world a better place. And so Um, that's where the human element comes in. And I'd say it's very much a relationship business. Everyone knows everyone. They go back 20 years. And so, you know, and again, you really got to come in and have those beliefs together.
0: Do you ever find you get resistance from more external mindsets of the adoption of new technology who see it as, um, I don't know, changing old ways? Have you ever found that? Have you always found that every customer really wants to innovate?
1: Um, I would say five years ago, yes, 100%. You're trying to explain a new way of doing something better. Even some of our stuff was just taking things off paper and putting it into you know, data capture, right? Like, let's just stop writing things on paper and let's put it into a simple system. I think that was hard five years ago. Um, today, what you see is actually the majority of the top mining groups have their own innovation internal technology hubs, and they've invested large sums of capital into funding that. Um, they know what they're good at which is being miners and they know that they know what good looks like from a vendor and so these groups are great about driving us to be uh, a partner and a supplier and they influence our roadmaps and they help make our products better and so you see I think at the the top again the largest groups in the world very innovation focused and driving Um, but now you see it spreading throughout the industry like everyone is adopting in that direction and so again, that exponential curve of adoption has literally been over the last five years and
0: going so fast now. Um, well, really appreciate you joining me, Nick. Um, it's been great talking and learning about yourself, your leadership and Mexican. Um, I look forward to the future and seeing what you guys do.
1: Thanks, Ben. It's been a fantastic opportunity, great chat, and I really appreciate our partnership with Charlton Moore. So thanks for having me on today.
0: All right. Perfect. Speak soon. Take care. Cheers. So that was my CM conversation with Nick Hare, the president of Hexagon's mining division. I was captivated hearing about his views on leadership, as well as his insight into the mining industry. I'd like to thank Nick for his time and insight, and I'll be looking forward to seeing how Hexagon develop in the future. If you'd like to listen to, read or watch any more of my mining and minerals content, go to searchingindustrial.com And for more podcasts like this about the markets child Morris serves, please subscribe to CM Conversations. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Ben Robinson. Bye for now.